So it's as if they see the hellfire, as if they see the You all know that the compilation of Mus'haf Ali A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim One of the most important topics which need to be examined on such an occasion is indeed the relationship of Al-Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib with the Holy Qur'an and the relationship of the Holy Qur'an with Al-Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib. For this relationship is indeed one of the strongest bonds within the religion of Islam between the scripture and any other personality. Al-Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib is the product of the Holy Qur'an. He is the making of the Holy Qur'an. He is the fruit of the Holy Qur'an. He is the produce of the last divine message sent by God to humanity. For he, as the one who grew up in the home of Rasulullah, Khatamul Anbiya, he states, Wallah, I was there at the very beginning of the revelation and at the very first visit of Jibra'il to Rasulullah. And I was with Rasulullah every moment of the wahi. Point at any ayah, at any chapter, at any verse of the Holy Quran, I will tell you, he says, point at any verse, at any chapter, at any section of the Holy Quran, I will tell you where it was revealed, when it was revealed, what was the purpose of the revelation, what is the tafsir, and what is the ta'wil of this ayah. And that is why Rasulullah endorsed him. On many occasions by stating, أَعْلَمُكُمْ بِالْقُرْآنِ Ali, the most learned of you in matters of the Qur'an is Ali ibn Abi Talib. أَعْلَمُكُمْ بِالْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ Ali, the most learned of you in matters of my sunnah and the Holy Qur'an is this man, Ali ibn Abi Talib. Indeed, he was the city he was the gate to the city of the knowledge of Rasulullah. And the knowledge of Rasulullah is the Holy Quran. Because the Holy Quran occupies all the knowledge. The Holy Quran occupies the knowledge of the previous matters. And what is now and the future. Until the day of judgment. That is all embodied in the Holy Quran. And the Holy Quran was revealed unto Rasulullah. And the gate to the city of the knowledge of Rasulullah is this man. Ana Madinatul Ilm Waliyun Babuha Faman Arad al Madina Falyatiha min Babiha. This man who says Iman 
and the Quran and the teachings of Rasulullah khalata lahmi wa dami it became part of my flesh and soul Rasulullah states man qara al-Quran wa huwa shab khalata lahmahu wa dama whoever recites the Quran and spends time with the Quran when he is young when she is young a young man a young woman in their early Days, if they recite the Qur'an, spend time with the Qur'an, the Qur'an becomes part of their flesh and soul. They grew up with the Qur'an. They become, they become inseparable from the Holy Qur'an and the teachings of the Qur'an. They yearn towards the Qur'an. Now imagine if this young man was actually Ali ibn Abi Talib, the brother of Rasulullah, the Khalifa of Rasulullah, the companion of Rasulullah, the closest person to the last prophet of God. Yes, every time Jibra'il would descend to Rasulullah with an ayah, with a chapter, then Rasulullah would call on to Katabat al-Wahi, Kutab al-Wahi. The ones who wrote down the revelation and the master of them and the first of them was whom? Ali ibn Abi Talib. He says, I have compiled the Holy Quran I wrote the entire Quran cover to cover with my own writing <coughs> as Rasulullah dictated it onto me. And that is why Amir al-Mu'mineen found that it was his absolute responsibility and one of his fundamental tasks was to compile the Holy Quran after the demise of Rasulullah. Yes, the Quran was indeed compiled. The Quran was written in the time of Rasulullah by Kitab al-Wahi. However, the tafsir and the ta'wil and where it was revealed and when it was revealed, this was not written in detail next to every ayah and every chapter. Amir al-Mu'mineen, after the demise of Rasulullah, sat at home and he wrote out this holy Qur'an. And it's known as Mus'hafu Ali ibn Abi Talib. Some people believe that Mus'haf or, or, or wrongly believe that Mus'haf Ali ibn Abi Talib is a different version of the Qur'an. Just like they have a misconception in regards to Mus'haf Fatima. Mus'haf is a book. And the book of Fatima al-Zahra contains traditions of Fatima al-Zahra that Amir al-Mu'mineen wrote. Bi'imla'i Fatima that's a completely different discussion that I have discussed. You can find online. Mus'haf Fatima. A full examination of the book of Fatima al-Zahra. However, what is Mus'haf Ali ibn Abi Talib? Mus'haf Aliyin is actually the entire Qur'an from cover to cover. But it's not just the Qur'an. It's the Qur'an and the details that every Muslim and Muslima needs to comprehend the Qur'an. How every ayah 
and every chapter it was revealed. What was the first chapter that was revealed? The second chapter, the third chapter, because you know, the Qur'an that we have today is not based on the sequence of dissension. The Qur'an that Ali ibn Abi Talib wrote similarly is not based on the sequence of dissension. Some people believe that it was a chronicle order that Amir al-Mu'mineen put the chapters in. For example, the first chapter in the Mus'haf of Ali ibn Abi Talib is Surat Iqra. It's not. It's Surat Al-Hamd. The second is also Surat Al-Baqarah. It's not, for example, Muzzammil. Third is not Muddathir, but it is Al-Imran. However, he states when he comes to every ayah and every chapter that this is the second chapter which was revealed to Rasulullah. What was the cause of the dissension? And that is how we better understand the Holy Quran, brothers and sisters, because we then understand the history of Islam. At the very beginning, when Rasulullah said to the people, Qulu, La ilaha illallah tufluhu, what happened? The first revelation. So when he comes to Surah Al Ala, he says, This is the first surah which was revealed. What was the message of it? There we find the foundations of the Quran, the foundations of Islam. Then, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, what happened that Surah Al-Muzzammil was revealed. Third, Ya ayyuhal muddathir. What is it that caused the dissension of the third chapter of the Holy Quran? Fourth, for example, amongst the very early chapters that was revealed, Tabbat yada abi lahabin watab. The family of Rasulullah, Quraysh, those who surrounded him, how did they oppose him? And how did Allah respond to their opposition from the Holy Quran? So he wrote all of that. He wrote the tafsir. He wrote the ta'wil. And he was the only one that sat on the mimbar and was able to say, Saluni qabla an tafquduni saluni an kitab Allah fa'inni wallah a'lamukum bih. Fa'inni wallah a'lamu bikulli ayatin fi ma nazalat wa ayna nazalat fi sahlin an fi bahrin. So he wrote all of this down. He compiled this. But obviously, you all know that the compilation of Mus'haf Ali ibn Abi Talib, which contained tafsir and ta'wil, again, it is the exact same book, but contains the tafsir and ta'wil, was rejected. Ya Ali, we don't need this. Why? Because Ali ibn Abi Talib there wrote, for example, Abasa wa tawalla, exactly when it was revealed and whom it discusses. Why was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send an entire chapter, Abasa wa tawalla? Who was the one that Abasa? Who was the one that frowned in the face of the poor person and gave his back to him and walked away the second chapter out of the 30th juz from the Holy Quran? Similarly, لا صدق ولا صلى ولكن كذب وتولى He never paid charity and he never performed salah. It was all a show. Where was it revealed? When was it revealed? Who does it discuss? Or verses that discuss the virtues of himself, Amir al-Mu'mineen, the virtues of Ahl al-Bayt. So this Qur'an was rejected. However, this did not stop Amir al-Mu'mineen to engage the Muslim community with the Holy Qur'an, to encourage them towards the Qur'an. 
In fact, the companions of Amir al-Mu'mineen, the followers of Amir al-Mu'mineen, those who adhere to Amir al-Mu'mineen, you my brothers and sisters, if you are truly looking to be a follower of Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says even when they recite the Qur'an in their salah, in their salat al-layl, in their night prayers, in their reflection on the Qur'an, those people, they have a special relationship with the Qur'an. They are mesmerized by the Qur'an. They have a special friendship and love. He discusses the mu'mineen, the muttaqeen. أَمَّا اللَّيْلْ فَصَافُونَ أَقْدَامَهُمْ يُرَتِّلُونَ أَجْزَاءَ الْقُرْآنِ تَرْتِيلًا Those who want to be amongst the followers of Ali ibn Abi Talib at night, some of the night, part of the night, moments from the night, they stand. They stand firmly. تَعْلِينَ لِأَجْزَاءِ الْقُرْآنِ تَرْتِيلًا they recite the Qur'an with a beautiful melody, a beautiful voice. يُحْزِنُونَ بِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ They bring the khushu' that is ought to be brought to an individual standing in front of Allah and in salah to themselves with the Holy Qur'an. فَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِآيَةٍ فِيهَا أَلْقَوْا إِلَيْهَا مَسَامِعَ قُلُوبِهِمْ فَهُمْ وَالْنَارُ كَمَنْ رَآهَا وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِآيَةٍ فِيهَا تَشْوِيقٍ فَهُمْ وَالْجَنَّةُ كَمَنْ رَآهَا صَبَرُوا أَيَّامًا قَلِيلَةً أَتْبَعَتْهُمْ رَاحَةٌ طَوِيلَةٌ He says this is the relationship of a mu'min with the Qur'an. At night when they read the Qur'an, and they reach ayat that Allah speaks of His punishment and His wrath and His disobedience. They give their full attention to this ayah not with their ears but with their hearts. They listen with their soul. So it's as if they see the hellfire, as if they see the punishment of Allah. And then they read along and they, read it, they reach an ayah that speaks of the jannah and the paradise and the forgiveness and the maghfirah of Allah. They pay attention to that. So it's as if they witness and they live the jannah. They are patient for a short period of time, 20, 30, 50, 60 years, and then they enjoy the eternal happiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says this is the relationship of a mu'min with the Holy Qur'an. Today brothers and sisters, on this occasion, in this eve when we gather, and momentarily after Salat al-Maghrib wal-Isha, we all, the followers of Ahl al-Bayt, take this Qur'an and go to engage in a'mal Laylatul Qadr. True? We perform a'mal Laylatul Qadr. The special a'mal of the night of destiny. And the very first a'mal that we do from Laylatul Qadr is what? A'mal raf'il masahif. So we put this Qur'an above our heads. Allahumma anni as'aluka bi kitabika al-munzal wa ma fihi wa fihi ismuka al-a'zam. 
and we continue to ask Allah in the name of this Quran. However, like I said in the beginning of my lecture, and I will repeat that in the end of my introduction now, we don't pay attention, we don't stop, we don't ponder and say, you know what? Every majlis that I have attended for the past 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, my entire life, talks about the life of Ali ibn Abi Talib in such an evening. Talks about the legacy of Ali ibn Abi Talib on such an evening. Talks about his compassion. Talks about his bravery. Talks about his knowledge. Talks about his forgiveness. Talks about his close relationship with Rasulullah. But there is a special circumstance tonight. It is Laylatul Qadr, the first of Laylatul Qadr. The eve of the martyrdom of Ali ibn Abi Talib. And the first night when we engage with A'mal Laylatul Qadr. So it's indeed very important for us to discuss the relationship of Ali with the Qur'an. And the relationship of the Qur'an with Ali ibn Abi Talib. So that I comprehend when I place this Qur'an above my head what it is that I'm doing this evening. How did the Ahlul Bayt treat the Qur'an? What was their relationship like with the Holy Qur'an? And why is it that today, 1400 years ago, after the martyrdom of Ali ibn Abi Talib, the Qur'an remains absent, ignored, neglected, mazloom amongst the followers of Ali? Is this a product that he wants from us? Is this the legacy that he wanted to leave behind for his followers? For the Qur'an to be neglected within their community and their family and their society or no? Ali ibn Abi Talib wants the central theme of this member, of our institutions, of our gatherings to be the Holy Qur'an. Not stories or dreams or fictitious tales. But Ali ibn Abi Talib wants the Qur'an to be the primary source of inspiration and enlightenment within our community. And we'll get to that. Therefore, we will divide this lecture into the following order. Number one, we will discuss how the Qur'an introduces itself. And then we will discuss how Amir al-Mu'mineen al introduces the Holy Qur'an. Why? Because I believe no one understands the Qur'an after Rasulullah like Ali ibn Abi Talib. So if I want to get introduced to the Holy Qur'an, first thing I do is I ask the Qur'an itself. Remember when I said yesterday? Ask the Qur'an. Consult the Qur'an. So we ask the Qur'an itself and it brings us to Surah Yunus, the verse that I told you of. Chapter first, uh, chapter 10, verse number 57. Surah Yunus, the Qur'an introduces itself. Then we will go to see how Amir al-Mu'mineen introduces the Qur'an to us. 57. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ya ayyuhan nas. Why does this ayah begin with Ya ayyuhan nas? Many people ask, we have ayat that begin with Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Ya ayyuhannabi Ya bani adam 
Ya ayyuhannas, what is the difference? Again, is it that Allah is trying to rhyme or it just sounds better? No. The ulama of tafsir have stated every message has either a general or a specific message. Some messages are specifically for Rasulullah. Ya ayyuhan nabi. Some specifically are for the wives of Rasulullah. Ya nisa'al nabi. Some are specifically for the companions of Rasulullah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, walladhina ma'ahu. Some are specifically for the mu'mineen, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. Some are for the people of the book, Qul ya ahlal kitabi ta'ala. Some are for the entire humanity. And they start with, Ya bani Adam, or Ya ayyuhannas. Meaning, listen you Muslims, if you want to propagate this Qur'an, this Qur'an will bring solution to all humanity. It has messages that every human being will comprehend. Ya ayyuhannasu antumul fuqara'u ilallah. Every human being comprehends this, that we are all indebted, we are all impoverished, we are all poor when it comes to our existence in comparison to Allah. The richest and most wealthiest person today, is he richer or Allah? The most wealthiest entity and government, are they richer or the Almighty God? So why are you going asking human beings? Ask Allah. He is the wealthy, He is the rich. He is the one that has unlimited resources. So this ayah begins with Ya ayyuhan nas, O you people, O you mankind. This book is not just for Muslims or for the Arabs. This book is for all of humanity and it is a maw'idha. It's an advice. Gives you advice so you never go astray, you never make mistakes. Imagine. Which kind of advice you want? You want family advice? Go to, for example, Surah Yusuf. You want advice on social illnesses and social issues? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la yakhtab ba'dukum ba'dha ayuhibbu ahadakum an ya'kula lahma akhihi maytan fakarihtumuh Surah Al-Hujarat discusses social illnesses. You want, for example, political issues, it's in the Qur'an. Social issues, it's in the Qur'an. A relationship between a husband and wife, it's in the Qur'an. A relationship between a mother and her, her, her children, it's in the Qur'an. Parenting, it's in the Qur'an. Children towards their parents, it's in the Qur'an. It's mu'adha, it's advice to solve your problems. So the first thing we should look for when we read this Qur'an, brothers and sisters, especially in the nights of Ramadan, is the mu'adha and the advice that the Qur'an gives us. Don't overlook them. Don't ignore them. Listen to the advice of the Qur'an. مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Why doesn't Allah say, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ Why does Allah say, قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ the root word the Rab may come, according to the opinion of some scholars, from the root word Murabbi. Murabbi is the one that gives 
discipline. Allah says, I will discipline you with the teachings and the advice and the admonishments of this book. Interestingly, let me make an interesting point that you will find within the Holy Quran. Allah, when He discusses with Musa, when He discusses with Musa, He says, He says, Musa, listen, I am your Rabb, and you are in this blessed valley, and I have chosen you to be my messenger. So listen to me. Obey me. Why does Allah use the word Rabb when He tells, when He discusses with Musa? Huh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Musa, when he uses the word Rabb, he wants to tell him, this is the beginning of your journey of tarbiyah between me and you. I am the one that will give you tarbiyah. Al-murabbi huwa rabb So a journey begins with Allah and Musa, a very long, lengthy journey between Allah and Musa. And then Musa becomes, becomes a prophet, and then he's sent to Bani Israel, and then Allah says to Musa, return back to me. وَوَاعَدْنَا مُوسَى ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَةِ وَأَتْمَمْنَاهَا بِعَشْرِ فَتَمَّ مِيقَاتُ رَبِّهِ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةِ And this journey that began in the beginning of the declaration of his prophethood until the second time that Allah spoke to Musa, Musa went through journeys of tarbiyah, ethical and moral upbringing by the Almighty God Himself. Amongst them they say that Musa one day was in the middle of the desert and he was a shepherd so there he saw a, a shepherd is sitting and he's saying I wish you were here so that I can comb your hair. I wish you were here so that I can massage your feet. I wish you were here so that I can bathe you. I wish. So Musa came and said to him who are you speaking to? He says, I'm speaking to my Lord, my Creator. Musa says, what? You want to comb his hair and you want to massage his feet? This is unacceptable. You cannot speak to God like that. God has no body. God has no entity. God does not occupy a space. God does not have hair. God does not have feet for you to... So this poor shepherd, he says, I don't know any better. How am I supposed to speak to my Lord? Three days later, Jibra'il comes to Musa. He says, the angel Gabriel tells Musa, Ya Musa, Allah is upset with you. He says, why is Allah upset with me? What have I done? He says, Allah was used to listening to this man's voice for 40 years. Allah loved this conversation that this man had with him for 40 years. Since three days, now he's not speaking to Allah. Allah misses him. Go and fix this. You're supposed to bring people closer to Allah. Religion is not supposed to bring people 
Many of us misunderstand this. With religion, we remove people from Allah. We take people away from Allah. We make Allah and the religion so difficult that people run away from God instead of attracting them towards God. Allah says to Musa, do not be that person. Another incident was part of the tarbiyah of Allah to Musa. They say he was going to Mount Sinai. A man stopped him. He said to him, Musa, come. Where are you going? He says, I'm going to Mount Sinai to meet Allah. He says, I have a message to him. Take this message to him. Tell him I hate him. And I don't want to have anything to do with him. Let him leave me alone. So Musa probably ignored the guy. And he went to meet Allah. And the first day he did not deliver the message. The second day he did not deliver the message. Third day, fourth day. The last day Allah says, Musa, are you forgetting to deliver something to me? Is there a message that you want to give me? Musa said, Ya Allah, we have said all the things. We have covered it all. Allah says, Musa, there is a message for me. You are forgetting to give me the message. He says, Wallahi, I cannot give this message. This message comes from a rude person who was probably upset at that day. I don't want to. Allah says, Musa, was he speaking to you or to me? Whoever speaks to me, I want to hear it. Look at the mercy of Allah. Look at the compassion of Allah with His creation. Even if someone says to Allah, I hate you, Allah wants to hear it. Allah wants to have that conversation, wants to have that bond. As long as His creation is communicating with Him and speaking to Him, and not boycotting Him, قُلْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عَنِّي عِبَادِي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ I am the closest entity to them. The closest being to them is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Musa delivers the message. Then Allah says to him, Musa, return back to this man and tell him, Allah responds to your message. And he says to him, I created you, I cannot neglect you. I created you, I cannot avoid you. I created you, I cannot forsaken you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here in the ayah says, Ya ayyuhal nasu qad ja'atkum maw'idhatun min this rab that will give you tarbiyah, ethical and moral upbringing. And this is the Quran, the book of ethics, morality, akhlaq. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ And cure for our illnesses. Which kind of illnesses? Illnesses within our souls, within our spirits, within our existence. Jealousy, hypocrisy, greed. Tonight, you will recite Dua Abu Hamza Thamali for those who spend, want to spend extra time with Allah. Part of the dua is what? Ilahi, akhraj hubba dunya min qalbi. Allah, don't keep me so infatuated with this world, with this dunya, so that I do not see the akhirah and I don't see the beauty of what you have left for us from the legacy of Islam by, by being occupied with the worldly desires. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ وَهُدَى And guidance. وَرَحْمَةٌ So number one, مَوْعِظَةٌ 
Number two, shifa lima fi sudur. Number three, huda, guidance. And number four, rahmatan lil mu'mineen. This is how the Quran introduces itself. Lastly, it is rahmah, mercy and compassion for the believers. How does Amir al-Mu'mineen wa Mawla al-Muwahideen Ali ibn Abi Talib introduce the Quran? He introduces the Quran on many occasions throughout his life, throughout his khilafah. But on the last days of his life, he gathers his family, Hassan, Hussein, his children, his family, and he says this to them. Allah, Allah bil Quran. لا يسبقنكم العمل به غيركم. He says Allah, Allah. Amir al-Mu'minin uses the word Allah twice. You know, it's not like me and you where we use the word Allah without understanding what it is. Allah is Ismullah al-A'zam. And who he does he tell this to? To Hassan and Hussein. Sayyida shababi ahlil. Allah, Allah, to get the attention of Hassan and Hussein. Allah, Allah, bil Quran. La yasbiqannakum al amalu bihi ghayrakum. Don't allow anyone to proceed in implementing the Quran before you. Before you, meaning all you Muslims, all you believers. Whoever my call and my word reaches woman balag huh today let me ask you who implements the quran muslims those who as soon as you hear allahu akbar allahu akbar he shuts down his store and he runs towards salah has this salah had an effect on them you remember the Refugees. The Quran speaks of equality of humanity. The Quran speaks of compassion and mercy towards the creation of God. But who embraced the refugees? The people who pray and read the Quran or no? They ended up in Germany and and non-Muslim land. Truthfulness and honesty, where do you find this? Bravery, equality, parenting. Allah speaks of family values in the Quran. How to respect your parents and how the, res- the parents should respect their children. A child who does not have peace at home. You investigate, you find that this person comes from a family, they even pray, they fast. But the father does not know how to discipline his children besides force and physical abuse and verbal abuse. But you go to non-Muslim countries and you find the compassion amongst the family. And the respect amongst the family. Some people believe that Islam only commands that the children respect the parents. But it does not ask the parents to respect the children. It's common sense. If you've become a parent, you should, you should be wise enough to know that it is time for you to respect 
the children, to love them, to show them compassion. It's a given fact that Allah wants you to be the creator of harmony and peace and compassion and love within your family. But because a child is a child, Allah says, Allah tells the child, be respectful, be kind, be compassionate. Do not raise your voice because it's a child. Because he doesn't know any better. But you the parent, it's a given that you have to respect. A wife respects her husband, a husband respects his wife and the children. <coughs> so, Amir al-Mu'mineen wa Mawla al-Muwahideen salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi says, Allah, Allah bil-Qur'an la yasbiqannakum al-amalu bihi ghayrakum then he says, فَإِنَّهُ الْجَلِيسُ الَّذِي لَا يَكْذِبُ Indeed, the Qur'an is a companion that never lies, is a friend that never lies. We all have friends. And sometimes they all end up with one lie or two or three or sometimes, mashallah, all day. But this friend will never lie to you. This friend will never cheat you. And it is the guide that always delivers you safely to your destination. You know how sometimes we use Waze or Google Maps to get to our destination safely and on time? Amir al-Mu'mineen is that, Amir al-Mu'mineen says the Quran is that guide. It will deliver you safely. On time, with no headache. It's an advisor that will give you the best advice. Listen, listen to the most beautiful punchline. He says, whoever spends quality time with the Qur'an leaves, departs with an increase and a decrease. An increase in what? In guidance. An increase in knowledge. An increase in foresight. You know, Allah does not want confused Mu'mineen, Allah waliyu ladina amanu yukhrijahum min al-dhulumati ila nur Allah wants Muslims and Mu'mins to be certain, not confused, to be knowledgeable, to be aware, to be firm. And the Qur'an does that. So you depart after spending quality time with the Qur'an, you depart with one, an increase in knowledge, an increase in wisdom. And a decrease. And decrease in what? In blindness. In ignorance. In unawareness. Confusion. Uncertainty. And look at how Amir al-Mu'mineen wa Mawla al-Muwahideen salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi always emphasized on the Qur'an. Always called his followers and his adherers 
to spend time with the Holy Quran. And tonight, brothers and sisters, is the night where Kitabullah al-Natiq, the illustration of the Quran, the demonstration of the Quran, the inheritor of the Quran was struck in salah. The Quran itself was struck this evening. Amir al-Mu'mineen, wa wasiyu rasulillah, wa akhi rasulih. The beloved of Rasulullah, awwalul qawmi islaman wa aqdamuhum imana, asadullah wa asadu rasulih. This commander of the believers, Sayyidul Awsiyah, Today, he goes and he is fasting, Amir al-Mu'mineen. Imagine, it's the 19th of Ramadan, Amir al-Mu'mineen is fasting. So he goes to the house of his daughter, Umm Kulthum, and he says, I am here to break my fast with you this evening. So she brings him milk, salt, bread, and maybe one or other, two other things. Very simple, so... Amir al-Mu'mineen looks at her, he says, Ya Bunayya, oh my daughter, oh my beloved, why have you left such a colorful table in front of me? She says, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, it's just yogurt and bread and salt. What kind of colorful table is this? He says, do you want a turideen an yatula hisaba abuki bayna yadayillah? Do you want the hisab of your father to be prolonged in front of Allah in the day of judgment take one of them Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar then he has a simple iftar he prays Salat al-Asha returns and it's time for him to sleep but Amir al-Mu'mineen does not sleep this evening Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah